Combat Divas. Stomp your left, right, left. Combat Divas. <laughs> hey! Got that growl. All right, I appreciate how the singer came in. Combat. Yeah. Yo, welcome back to the Combat Divas podcast. It's your girl, T.G. And your girl, Tanisha B. And we are back, 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 back with another episode and a special guest. I'm excited about the special guest. I have been trying to get her on the mic for how long we've we been doing this? Maybe about seven months. Yeah. Almost eight months. Been trying to get her to grace the mic. And I don't even want her to freestyle. I just want her to talk. Yeah. Has great ideas, very insightful. Has been one of my life coaches for, I don't know, about about the last six years, okay, was single hand I have to say this, single-handedly <laughs> instrumental in my life going from woe is me to bitch I'm here. So I just want to <laughs> introduce our special guest <laughs> today. Her name is, I won't say her full, full name, but we'll call her D. King, Okay, because that's her uh, her business name. Not to, be and, confused, uh, not to be confused with Deacon, but D. D dot space capital K King. Okay, <laughs> uh, D. King is a. Uh, so okay if I call you a nursing consultant, or she has been a nursing consultant. She wears many hats, but for this topic, I will I will talk about her being a nursing consultant for for Head Start and Early Head Start uh, federal programming for several years. She is the founder and CEO of King's Consulting and Education and the founder and CEO of Lovely You Clothing Incorporated. She is a magnificent individual, a woman with a mission, a woman with a vision. Ladies and (laughs) gentlemen, please welcome D. King (laughs) to the mic. I was getting my Steve Harvey on. Do I bring you out or do I bring you out? <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for joining hey, us on the day, DK. Hey, since DK has been, <laughs> she's worked with uh with Re, uh, Re is fine. With uh Re has worked with uh Head Start, early Head Start in their programming and working with children uh for such a long time in how to assimilate uh children's programs. We wanted to bring her in to talk about uh, our episode on today, which is Kids Are People Too. And this episode came about for two reasons. One, Tanisha B. saw something that stirred her up uh, recently. And uh, recently, I saw a mother, uh, it was a little boy playing on, they were in the backyard, the little boy jumped on top of a car. And I yelled out, hey, ma'am, he's on top of the car, he's probably going to jump off. And she completely went off. Like, you badass motherfucker, get your black ass off the car. And like, just cont- just cursed him clean out. And it hurt me to my heart so bad. And I was like, at what point do we, we can't be cursing out these kids like that? So anyway, that's what sparked, that's what sparked this episode. In addition, Tanisha B saw some stuff too that uh, sparked this episode. And just cursing at kids in general. Like, I can understand having accidents cursing around your children. Uh, you know, sometimes it happens, right? You just, damn. oh, shit, damn. You know, it happens. I think the root of my cursing in front of my kid, I, I try not to, but it's always road rage. Like, it's it's like I'm always on the road and somebody just do some stupid shit, just yeah. cut me off, almost hit us, run us off the road. So I'm like, oh, you stupid motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, <laughs> he'll be like, no cursing. I'll be like, 
And he'll do now. <laughs> so now when he like if he wants to say a cuss word, he don't say a cuss word, but he be like, oh boop. Like he would beep himself. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. He would beep himself. Oh my or god. Or if I'm listening to music, because you know you want to listen to music right. with all the profanity and all that stuff in right. it. Like if he's in a car, I try not to listen to it. But if he if he get a glimpse of a couple words and he knows the music, he'd be like, uh, he'll rap a Jay-Z part and he'd be like, <laughs> so he he censors himself, Aww. and then if if an adult is cussing around him, yeah, he will he censor that adult, or definitely. he'll say no cursing. And if it's a good respecting adult, they will say, oh, "I'm sorry." Yeah, but you're usually around when he says no cursing. So if I got an asshole, I want to be like, "Oh, what?" You're... So I check you exactly. So. Yeah, I can understand that. What effect do you think, D King? Does cursing at your kids, not in front of them, but just directly at them, what long-term effects can that have on, uh, like, this kid growing up and having a normal childhood? Or do, do you even have experience with, you know, seeing that and, and growing from it? Okay. Since I don't have my own kids, I want to just say that. Um, <laughs> I get to observe a lot of people and their kids mm-hmm. a lot of different ways, a lot of different instances. What I would say is that the long-term effect it can have is on their self-esteem, their confidence level, mm. their ability to even have a full conversation without maybe using profanity mm. or knowing other words other than profanity or slang or mm-hmm. anything like that. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that parents um, should realize and pay attention to that children are people they're they're little like many adults like they have their own personalities <laughs> attitudes and mm-hmm. own little ways you know how like when you first have a child and I don't have kids but I, again I observed a lot mm-hmm. did a lot of postnatal care and everything mm-hmm. so you know how you have a child and someone bought them like a swing or a, um like a bassinet a, a bassinet or, or a playpen and they don't like it yeah. and you, for whatever reason you don't know why they don't like it mm-hmm. but that's their own little jush like that's yeah. their own reasoning for whatever they don't like to be swung they don't yeah. like to sit still mm-hmm. so we have to keep in mind that kids have their own attitudes and personalities opinions and feelings and that parents should respect that by treating them in a better more dignified way and i think it starts earlier than than parents realize their kids developing a personality because originally, you know, we were taught, I was taught growing up that kids are more, you know, seen, not heard type of thing. Like, you know, stay in a child's place, uh, just do as I say, not as I do. Uh, these type of, that type of rhetoric uh, was, was being tossed around when I was growing up. And so, of course, when I began to raise my kid, those little same things kept coming to mind. Like, girl, she never had an opinion of her mm-hmm. own, but she does. And so it was conflicting for me to watch her try to have an opinion and me just shut it down. Yeah. But I think that whole thing of children are seen and not heard. And I think when they use it, <clears throat> sometimes it's used in a negative sense. Like um, a kid can know something about something that's going on and they need to tell you. Like you yeah. could be having a conversation or you could be saying something is in a different direction. And that kid's like, no, no, no. It's left, not right. Mm-hmm. Oh, shut the hell up. Stay at a kid's place. <laughs> but then you go ahead and you go right. And yeah. you realize that that kid knew something that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. And you could have went left and saved yourself 45 minutes of wasting your damn time going right because you didn't want to listen to that kid <laughs> exactly. by telling them to stay in the child's place. Exactly. I think some of that is birthed to when um, it's trying to teach the kid to have... Um, a level of respect for for adults. like elders and for having respect for adults because I um, like just in a 
<clears throat> being like having an adult conversation and you have that young child and you could be talking about something that they probably shouldn't hear right. or something and they're in earshot and they come in and interject into um, interject into your conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's when you hit them with that, hey, hey, mm-hmm. excuse yourself, stay in a child's place. <laughs> right. You know, that that portion of it. But I think we forget to explain to them why they shouldn't interject into that conversation. We don't. We, we just say, stay in a child's place. Sick children are seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. But and then while they being seen and not heard, they being seen, so they mean they soaking up all this bullshit that you say. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because they, they, they there. They're in earshot. We used to hide up on the table when my, when my grandma used to play cards and get all the, the gossip. Because mm-hmm. that's all they were doing, talking crazy about everybody in the family. Mm-hmm. So like you get, not everybody in the family. Sorry, family members. But uh, uh, and you get all that information and you want to interject. Or as a kid, you don't know what to say and what not to say. Mm-hmm. So you go over auntie to and so house and be like, uh, my grandma said you steal. And so but you, didn't, <laughs> you know, you didn't mean to, to say that. It's just that you didn't know no better. You know, it was a secret. So because I talked about it in front of everybody but her. <laughs> and that's what we learned to gossip. But um, I, 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 I do think that we, we often forget that these little children have little emotions and little personalities that are just like like trying to get out. And it's not our personalities all the time. Because mm-hmm. my kid is not exactly like me. Mm-hmm. I can see me sometimes, but some of the personality, I'd be like, who is this person? Because, I mean, I, I, I can be a diva, but she's 100% diva, honey. And I'd just be like, where you get this from? But mm-hmm. that's her Developing personality. Herself. Yeah. It, it had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And so... I, one of, uh, like I was saying on the marriage episode, one of the arguments that married people or people that you know cohabitate always have is child rearing. Mm-hmm. And one of those principles are one may be an old school child rearing person, and one may want to adapt new school principles, mm-hmm. and we end up not, you know, seeing seeing eye to eye. So I, I guess I'm wondering, like, how early do you see kids develop? Their own personalities, like is it like early as from birth, from the from the womb? Yeah, from birth. I mean, I have my own philosophy. I think people decide to come to the universe, so <laughs> that's a whole nother subject, that's a whole, a whole nother, nother day. Subject, yeah. You know, but I do think from birth that you develop your own personality, and I also think we have genetics that come into play. But I mean, how important are genetics that come? I into mean, play? they to me they're important as 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 you make it. Um, I don't think that it has to be, you know, you're going to be just like me because you look like me and you came from my womb. I don't think that that has to be the case. Mm -hmm. I think that we are better versions of our parents. Mm -hmm. Um, so if we're, if we're talking about kids, kids are better versions of their parents. However, a child can become whatever that parent is instilling in them or not. Mm -hmm. And have you ever seen, like, even for myself, my parents never went to college. Mm. They didn't get degrees and, you know, open businesses and do this and do that. But Mm. I did. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that they didn't want to or didn't have an idea of. It's just that I became a better version. I I decided what I wanted for myself. Mm -hmm. And I I think they kind of... Did they push you? Oh, Oh, no. What? Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) But but, no, I think they... (laughs) Go ahead, Tanisha. Go ahead, Tanisha. (laughs) <laughs> but I think they kind of instill that in you because of, of the things that they did not accomplish and wanted to accomplish. They let you know that, hey, I want you to be better than Not me. always. What, what I will say that my parents said was, of course, they don't do as, you know, don't do what I do, do better than me, mm-hmm. that type of thing. But you never really knew what that meant. Like, as a kid, <laughs> you're like, true. what the hell? 
do what you do, but you're doing it. Like, <laughs> right. what, I, what do I supposed to do? What, what should I do right now? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think what happened was, being a kid, you're more closer to source. Mm-hmm. To me. So you have more of an intuitive nature mm-hmm. than adults who have been through this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you have more of an inkling to know, like, ah, I think I want to do this today. Oh, I think I want to. And I kind of like, I'm still like that to this day, but as a kid, I had more idea of like, ah, no, I don't think I want to go to that type of high school. Or I don't, I don't want to go to school with these type of, no, I don't, I don't want to work in this type of environment. Mm -hmm. I only want to work in whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And from that, I just continued to build my life and make my decisions. And from the proximity of the people that I was around, I was able to make whatever decisions I wanted that were better or not. I just think that for kids, parents need to allow them to become who they are mm-hmm. and still some type of parameters and and values, but also allow them to grasp and get their own values and don't beat them down when they're doing something incorrectly or something they shouldn't be doing or hurt their spirit by cursing at them and, and cursing or talking to them. It's, it's unnecessary because that will take their confidence level Let's say it's at a ten, and it'd be like a two. Okay, that's a, that's a low drop. I I do feel as though I, I think that's a good point as far as ten to two, uh, like dropping their confidence level down. Yeah. But again, as the first time out, sometimes you just don't get it right. Now I see a lot of grandparents try to correct it with their grandkids, right? Because their yeah. grandkids they soft, right? Mm-hmm. Oh no, yeah. you ain't got to yell at him. It's okay. He gonna, you know, he trying to figure it out. He gonna get it. You know, it, that's my grandparent voice. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's how grandparents treat they they kids. I, I've learned I'm learning that from my own grandma who this is her great grandchild and she treated us pretty much like grandchildren too. But she learned from her mistakes as a parent. And now she knows like I probably didn't have to yell. I mean she say a whole bunch of stuff like she you know, threw a, a cast iron skillet at one of her kids before. <laughs> so she, but she realized like I probably could have talked to her. <laughs> yeah. This could have been a conversation. I had to bust upside the head with a cast iron skillet. Mm-hmm. So we learned that from, well, I think grandparents learned that. And I was talking to my, my grandmother about this episode today. And I was like, grandma, what have you learned at the first, the first go round? Like after the first child, like you learned it with the second child. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know what? We, we don't get it until we grandparents. So there's a whole nother set of kids going Mm-hmm. And then we could do it. But why is that? You, do you think it's because they're a little bit removed? They it's not are their child? absolutely removed. Well, I think what's the problem is that these mothers, mm-hmm. your grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, your mm-hmm. mother, mothers and parents, when they have these kids, they're they're afraid. One, I mean, yeah. they're having a new child. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're on baby number one, though. Mm-hmm. They may be single parenting. They may be trying mm-hmm. to work and balance so many things. They tired. They mad. They struggling. So much going on that they can't see outside of their current situation and whatever they have or stressed out about that they can't, they're not thinking about talking to this kid with with some dignity or Mm. instilling integrity and making sure that let me just be an appropriate parent, meaning let me talk to this child the way I would want someone to talk to me. Or they're just doing what they've been taught. Well, my mama said that to me, and look how I turned out. They they think because they're still alive, they still breathing that they uh, that they like okay. turned out okay. Right. Well, um, earth to mother, no. Yeah. It so, did not. So I think it's not even they don't really <clears throat> take a level of importance of what they say to their kid. So they feel like the language part is kind of like on a back burner. As long as I'm providing for this kid, that they have food 
on the table. They got clothes mm-hmm. on their back. They have a roof over their head. Or I'm buying them clothes so they can go to school. They're right. getting educated and all this other stuff. And they really don't even think about the language because you have all these tools to just kind of like get yourself day to day. But you still crushing their self-esteem with the words that you're saying to them. Where you say, get your little stupid ass over here. Or you shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah. Or don't talk to me. Shut up. Don't say this. Don't say that. Don't do this. Don't, yeah, I'm doing it. Don't Do as I say and not as I do. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand. Like, like you were saying, like they don't understand what do you what do you mean. Like, don't do as I say, not as I do. Because it's like, I'm seeing this adult that's telling me what to do that's impressionable and I'm very impressionable. Right. So what I see you doing, that's causing a impression upon me. Mm-hmm. But then you're saying that what you're doing is wrong. What I'm seeing you do is wrong, but then you telling me what's right. But I all I can all I can do right now is just see. I'm visually right. seeing that I you're doing something that you telling me that I should not do because it's bad. Mm-hmm. But you still impressing on me, like, man, well, I mean, she told me not to do it, but I seen her do it and nothing happened with her. Right. Or nothing happened with him. Or like you, it's just, it's still damaging. Like yeah. you can't tell, you can't be in a store stealing, putting shit in your pocket, do, do as I say, not as a dude. Now when your kid come up to be a goddamn klepto, you right. like, well, I didn't, I didn't teach you, but you did. <laughs> but you did. They mm-hmm. saw you doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they grew up and they got to, or just not even necessarily grew up, they just went somewhere else and did the same exact thing that yep. you're doing. So you still, everything you're doing is a, is, a, is a learning tool for your kid. You can't do certain things in front of your kid and then tell them that that's the wrong thing to do, but you're doing it. It's and still, it, you're still teaching them. They're so impressionable. They're, they, they at, at that young stage to adolescence, I, I believe, probably, in my, adolescence is like 13-ish. 16, whatever age range that is, like, well, even Up farther than that, really. Oh, uh, yeah. They're still learning from their parents or whoever their guardians are. And even though we say, do as I say, not as I do, even though I remember my grandma used to say to us when we was kids, not meaning to be harsh, but I don't see why y'all complaining because we would be complaining about small stuff. Mm-hmm. You got everything a little, mm-hmm. she, she, she said, like, you got everything a little African-American child could, could possibly want. And y'all talking about other stuff. I got what she was saying as I got older, right? Mm-hmm. But at the time, all I knew is that I wanted the Super Mario game. Like, I got it. But we got the Nintendo 64. Can I just get the Mario game so for how did, it? How did you get it as you got older? What do you mean? As that? I got older, I understood that, I mean, we, we had it. Decent, like my grandparents really provided a, a a great life for us. Uh, as I got older, I just I, I, you you understood what other people were lacking. Maybe maybe it's a comparison thing. Yeah, you understood that other people were lacking so much more, and it was so so much so many bigger problems than Nintendo. But did that make you not want it though? Because they were lacking. So I much still more? wanted it, yeah. Right. But it, you know, I understood as I got older. But as a child, I still had a desire for whatever that was. Now it's not that she never did make it happen. Because my grandma always did, but at the same time, I, f- I almost felt bad as I got an adult complaining about it. Because it's like I-, I had everything else, and and I was complaining about that one thing. They just so. wanted you to be grateful for for the things that you had, and they, and it's like you wouldn't get it as a young child, like oh, as a young African American kid, you you got everything <laughs> that you need and all this, like. But she you don't said African American, so she didn't have to say nigga. That's all. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That was well, my grandma. <laughs> well, but it's like if you actually, 
at that young age, if you actually understood what what the children go through, that's less fortunate, whether they be in another country or whether they're living in the same country or the same city or the same neighborhood that you were living in, if you really understood everything that they were going through and what they didn't have, and maybe if they were struggling to even get a meal on the table, if they went to bed hungry, or if they had hand-me-downs, or they mm-hmm. went to the shelter to get clothes and whatever, if you really understood, then that's you know also funny? trying I to... I did. Ch- we went through all of that because, but, you know, my mama abandoned us. She didn't mean to. She was going. She had her own demon she was fighting. But she let us go when we were smaller, so we went through a lot of those, mm-hmm. those negative roads. Like, we went through a whole lot of that. It's just mm-hmm. that once we got it good, it was like the Jeffersons, like, Psh, we moved on up now. <laughs> now you Let me want get more, more, more. Uh, could you run the jacuzzi bath for me, Grandma? You know, well, that, that was just, us. You know? Well, then that's just also kind of like over, <laughs> kind of like overcompensating we did. for what you didn't have. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah, what, but that's I exactly also think that um, in order for you to understand being grateful or gratitude, some of those things have to be explained. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all went through Definitely. some tough childhood things and different growing up experiences. But yeah. if your parent explained, like, okay, look, this is why we got to do this. This is, and the problem is parents don't feel like they have to explain yeah, sure. because they are the ones that's ultimately making the decisions. Mm-hmm. And then they don't feel like they have to explain because it's like, look, you the kid, I'm the adult. Yes, I shouldn't have to answer to you. But right. it's not really an answer. It's answering to the child, the kids just need to know kind of what's happening to their world, their life, and they just need you to walk them through it, comfort them within these things, mm. not attack them. Mm. And I think when parents get tired and they're stressed out and their levels of, and they feel like everything is going wrong and everything is happening, that's when you hear that, sit your ass down, you know, <laughs> that those curse yeah. words and those... <laughs> your stupid ass like and they don't know no better they've yeah. been called stupid their whole life mm-hmm, they true. felt stupid or someone told them these things so they're just gonna continue that cycle yeah but if if they were explained to when the parents were a kid and and if they explained to their kids I think that you'll have a better um, parenting cycle other than you know harsh words but I also think certain parenting um, styles come from class class level. Mm. So I'm not going to say a race level. I'm going to say a class level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only because they have other things that they have to deal with. Yeah. So so they don't have that time that they should have to parent. Because it's, tr- it's so trivial. They, I mean, they worrying about paying the bills and keeping you, know, the you fed on, the light, and well, you clothed. Getting the bitches back on. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> them some real life problems and yeah. they could cause some great stress. Like, yeah. And then you can't communicate that to this little person that you're in charge of. And then so imagine like, being a kid. You know how yeah. kids ask questions. But why? I was <laughs> right. one of those kids. I would always, but mom, why? You got your but, mama, got But why? She, and she's, girl, don't ask me why no more. Like, <laughs> I just needed to understand. But you yeah, just, you thing. run out. See, you know what? I go through that too. Mess up my son. Like, <laughs> but, but why? But why? Because <laughs> but why? what he's but asking running, is just for you to elaborate a little bit more. Right. Kind of explain it to him a little bit no, better. But I'm running out of answers. But you don't, I mean, I'm running out of way answers. to tell him. So at, at that point, if I'm running out of answers, I'm or like, now I'm at that point, like, please shut the hell up. Or <laughs> don't ask me nothing else. Stop or, talking to me. Or you can say, how about you find the answer? Give him some work to do. Yeah. You let that. me know. Because I, I think it's okay. When, because I was so inquisitive mm-hmm. as an adult or as I grew older, I Kept I kept that same way. I still wasn't inquisitive. I'm still inquisitive now. But now mm-hmm. I go find my own answers. Now, okay, but how does this work? Oh, see, but him finding like the answers is asking me. I don't know what's the answer. And but I now you can him, turn it around and have him. I can. But now I just tell him like, okay, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
So my, I just be like, look, you know but what? Would you Mommy want that to be the final know. answer for him? Let's say he's growing up and he needs to find the answer to a life. But some of those be impossible questions. Sometimes I just don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you may not. They it, the the answers may be impossible because at the moment. You may not may not have an answer. But it, no, it'd be some stuff that he he asks. Him, look, he's 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 quite a different child. Like he asks questions that I wouldn't even. I, I don't even know how to even how do you even <laughs> find an answer to certain stuff. Like so, does D three eleven uh cause the the nuclear hot, like what? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> and, about. Right, and tell him to research it. Go, yeah. Tell him to come back and let you know if the, say oh that's interesting. I'm not sure about that. How about you go look it up and you let me know. Mm-hmm. Now that's you you're letting him be that inquisitive person and continuing to have that same intrigued mind of trying to figure all these things out or fi- figuring out the why. And he bring you back the end. I tell him we gonna ask Alexa when we get home. Right. That's what I tell him. But that's that whole <laughs> parenting while PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Because I some it, it just any given moment sometimes, I, and I have to reel it in because my patience gets very thin, and it's like I, I don't even care anymore. But I have to stop and and be like, okay, wait a minute. I know my patience is thin right now. I don't know what's going. Let me dial it back a little bit, or let me. Get an assist. Call somebody. Babe, where you at? Or whoever, if if he at work or unavailable. Hey, grandma, what's going on? Whatever. To me, you know, mediate that for a second while I regroup. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm doing it wrong. I, I'm gonna have to regroup so I don't take out any frustrations on her because just because I don't, you know, she she asked me for a freeze pop over and over again. I told her she couldn't have it. And I told her no like six times, and now she cried. What you crying for? Like, and I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> be that person, like to be that harsh on her, because I don't want to do it. So I have to like tap out, like you know what? It's not your fault. Your child crying. Uh, let's call grandma, and then like distract <laughs> her just for a little bit, so that I can regroup, and then I'm cool. Cause it, it probably went a big deal. She probably could have a freeze pop. Like she ate. Everything was cool. Mm-hmm. I was just making a big deal out of it because I'm a parent. I feel like I'm supposed to. Yeah, I, so, I think parents. <laughs> no disrespect to parents. No, it's cool. Um, I, I, I feel think, a bash I coming think right parenting here. Yeah. Is, a, is a beautiful thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but. However, <laughs> I think parents have a sense of wanting to be in control, no matter yeah. what it is. Something simple as a freeze pop. I mean, why couldn't she have the freeze pop? It was early. Sometimes, like, <laughs> like I, my nephew, he doesn't really like to eat food. Mm-hmm. You know, he he be like, you know, I don't eat meat. You know, he's <laughs> one of those kids, but he loves junk food. Mm-hmm. So, and he loves McDonald's. So when he's with me, guess what he's going to eat? McDonald's. Why? Because I've learned that you got to feed kids what they want. However, mm. this guy, he loves working out. He and He's seven. Mm-hmm. He want to lift weights. He want to do push-ups. I mean, so you have a mixture of a kid who doesn't eat a lot. But why can't I get him a, a cheeseburger from McDonald's if that's what he likes? He don't even eat the fries. Mm-hmm. I think reason why we say no when it comes down to junk or freeze pops, it's control. not well, well to control their diet. You're right. Because it's so often where a well, lot got of parents the damn freeze pops if you're trying to control the diet. Well, that I mean in moderation, For everything in moderation. Because like with no with my son, like he loves cupcakes, <laughs> and if he see twelve cupcakes, he want to try to eat. All of those cupcakes all in one day. Like, okay. he eat a cupcake, he so eat another, another, no. another one. What you say? No. Another one. No. Yes, I say no. So can you explain to him and say, yes, you know what? Because that's why it's too, much, it's too much sugar. It's going to hurt your stomach. It's not good for your teeth. It's not... Like, I tell him all these different things. And then also, you don't want to get to the point where, like, I don't want... I feel like when a parent lets their kid... Like, you walking around, you see a kid... 
they about seven years old and they almost like a hundred and like 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. I say it's child. I think that me personally, Somebody I feel like it's child get, abuse. Baby, yeah. I feel it's child abuse because you, you, you kind of like kind of pacify your kid with food and it's not all healthy food. And then that's when that kid grow up with other issues dependent upon codependent upon food because they're lacking something else. And you can't, you have to say no. I think, no, I think in that event, you, you monitor what's available to your kid. Like you yeah. do. I mean, I hate going to your house. Ain't no snacks, right? Uh, you got seaweed and all this. I don't want to eat he that. He likes seaweed so, chips. Yeah. You ain't got nothing but healthy crap over there. You ain't got seeds and salt. He like, so I, you don't I got seeds and salt? I just I feel like. salt. Oh, okay. Uh, but somebody you, else, you somebody actually. Somebody bought it. It's Larry's, but it's okay. It's, it's like two years old. I, I, just, I just bought it. I just bought it. <laughs> I just feel like. It's that, there. <laughs> I just feel like you do a good job at it. And I, I know for sure I have to do a better job as a parent. Monitoring what's. Available that they the get, like you just said, why you got freeze pops then if she mm-hmm. can't have one? So she see it, she want it. I mean, it's kind of cruel, right? Because why did you buy twelve cupcakes anyway? Well, actually, it was from a party. So. <laughs> okay. so, yeah. I'm just saying, and like, I like to make cupcakes. I'm sorry, I'm they just, see it but... there, they want it, and you know now you got to say no. So I, I now. I've learned this the hard way. I monitor what's available, what she can see. Don't right? we do that to ourselves though? Like, yeah. Like, imagine going home and making a big ass dinner, mm. and it's only two of you all there. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Yeah. Now you're gonna be eating on that, mm-hmm. or gonna uh, take an extra wing when you don't need to. Yeah. You yeah. know, eat yeah. an extra rib when you shouldn't. Whatever. Like, <laughs> right. You can do portion control instead of just saying blatantly no cuz if it's not there these kids won't think about it yeah they they won't think about it at all i know for sure my kid won't and so and, and my grandma used to tell me this all the time like you 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 being hard on her cuz i used to be just harder on t- i'm still like you know i try to parent well but i used to be real strict right like military strict and it's just not effective because <laughs> she wants to be who she wants to be and it's just like I, I felt like I was killing her, her spirit. Yeah, it's like crushing her soul mm-hmm. little by little and reprogramming her into this robot of a person that she was never meant to be. And later on, she's just going to become the person she want to be and she'll resent me for repressing. She's like, mom, I'm a peacock. Or you she's let me not going to know how to become the person that she yeah. wants to be. She's going to be living in that, and I don't in that resistant that person. state of herself, mm-hmm. trying Repressed. to get away from herself and not really knowing what the hell, how the hell should I go about this? Right. You don't, so don't want to repress her. Exactly. At, I, I forgot that she was a person. I honestly did. I was like, you know what? This is a little human being. Like, even when she was smaller, she she created her little personality. Like, she she been feisty her whole life. So this is just who she is as a person. She gonna be feisty. I mean, so she sings and everything. That. She has her own thing going yeah, on. She yeah. has her own thing going she on. She likes her own type of music. Like I mean, sour patch. She likes what she likes. Yeah, she yeah, sour patch. Absolutely. I think a lot of kids are sour patch though. I just right. My nephew could be a sour patch. Like, hi, Darius. <laughs> uh, or, or he might not speak. Okay. I don't know. It just depends. They got their own thing going on, but they only had a short amount of time to figure it out. We didn't have thirty something plus years to it's, figure out life and how we supposed to behave and how we we're supposed to, to undo be. stuff and then try to refigure ourselves. We're doing it again, yeah. right? Right, because of what we was taught. So yeah. I can't, you know, I, I want to do it right the first time if possible and, and get it right the first time. And that's even from you know forcing emotion on them, like well, forcing up on them. You need to get hug. it right though. Well, not even get it right, but just I don't want to force so much on her all I the time. I just think you need to respect that baby, <laughs> and that baby respect you. Let's respect let that baby. The, let the let the child grow. Yeah, you continue to grow, 
and let the relationship and, and their experiences evolve into whatever. That's true. So I think that's a part let of that doing journey it right. happen. Yeah, that's yeah. a part of doing it right. Like you want to do it. Yeah, right that's the, first the time. right way. A I part think of, that's the only right way. By journey. being aware of what you're doing and and making sure you uh, take accountability of if you feel like in that moment you step back, like man, am I am I stifling her growth? Am I damaging yeah. or am I speaking positive language or am I speaking negative Definitely. language? Like just. Being aware of what you're doing and then step back and then just stop doing it. You can't undo it once you did it, but just right. stop stop doing it and just just all together just being aware of what you're doing. I so what that. do we say to the parents that may not have the time that maybe we may have mm-hmm. to parent? Mm-hmm. I what I would say or the resources because stop you having know. them damn kids. What I would say, okay. <laughs> I know, and I'm a little more harsh about it. But right. I mean, you don't have to keep having all these kids because you got pregnant or you was some fucking protection. It would yeah. be better off <laughs> only because you won't have to have these same issues. You're, con- you're continuing on cycles that no longer works. Yeah. It didn't work for our parents, parents, or anybody else that was doing it. It ain't going to work for you. Yeah. And you can't disrespect kids like that. Yeah. You know? I, I, I agree with the whole stop having kids thing. I think that some people push their limits. Like, you couldn't even handle these three. You got five kids and you cursing all their ass out. Come right. On. It's just like a bunch mad. of kids running around. But you're not miserable. even mad. You're not even mad at them. you more so mad because of the lack of help that you have. Or and you that's the problem. Or you walk ahead of the kids and the kids be like three. She don't give I, don't, yeah. I be want to kick her. She like, don't give shit about them kids. I be want to <laughs> kick her like straight drop kick her because she, why, she why, low, why that baby walk and But she low key hoping one of them get eliminated. I'm just saying. Like, Maybe. No, yeah, I hope not. Hope not. I'm just, I don't know because some of them really don't. Will hurt some me. of them really don't care. Like they they treat kids as people too, mm-hmm. but they really like too just much like, of people. Too much like a person because they like get your little ass away from the street. Like they too. Yeah. Can you hold their hand? Yeah. Can you help them out? Mm-hmm. And it's just like stop stop talking to them like that because it's like I just yeah. I would just say try to. Be more attuned because if somebody talked to you like that when you was a kid and now you growing up and you talking to your kids like that, just remember how you felt when you was first in tune with your feelings to know when that person told you, hey, shut the fuck up. And like, you're know just saying, like, remember how that felt yeah. because it didn't feel good. You no. didn't laugh about it. No. You felt you felt damaged. You felt hurt. You felt all those feelings. So it's like, remember how you felt. Why would you want someone else to feel that same pain? Mm-hmm. You want somebody to feel that pain, like, well, they did it to me, so it was, but it's like you didn't. But now like you're going it. into therapeutic exercise and therapeutic mindset, and I don't mm-hmm. think that they're that in tune. That they may be there. They're not there yet. Yeah, you know, they may not be there. The, the problem is people don't know how to do unto others as as they want done into them. People don't know how to really operate in those uh, constraints. Like they, it's like, what you want me to be nice? Why? It's like they always have a reason to, <laughs> to, to be nice, not yeah. do something. To be negative. And be yeah. Negative. yeah. People that's, have to, that's a lot of reprogramming. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, we just don't want to have a bunch of losing Isaiah situations going on throughout mm-hmm. life. You know, can't get a hold of me. Yeah, yeah. I knew she was. <laughs> and, <laughs> I knew she and was. And a kid <laughs> growing up like this. I just, I, I, you know, if we, can, if, if, if we can as parents get a handle on it, that's fine. I do realize there is a lack of help. Uh, at times with, with parents. And, and like uh, D. King said earlier, there is a class issue where, um, you know, some of the lower class uh, mommies are, are and daddies mm-hmm. are struggling with lack of support, you know, lack of a, another person there. So they're they're carrying the lack whole load knowledge, on their own. Right. And they just, all they know is we got to make it from this month to the next month and this month to the next month. Like that's all they really can focus on. They can't look at the long term right now. Mm-hmm. And I get that. 
And well, their minds split in so many different areas. Exactly. But at those times, I would like those parents, if if possible, I would challenge those parents. Stop having kids. To not no. have any more until you are in a place where you can have kids. My, my grandma should tell us all the time, like, they have all them, all them kids. You have as many kids as you can afford. I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. You know, you as, as if you can afford these kids as far as their well-being and they're not... It's not taking a a toll on you. Well, financially, you only see your next day. You know, you at the end of the month, you done used up all the food stamps on the 29th, and y'all got two <laughs> more days to make it. You know, that's a problem. You know what's so I, ironic to me mm-hmm. is how people become very spiritual or religious <laughs> when it comes to, Uh-oh. you know. <laughs> we can't tap into that direction. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they, get so, <laughs> they get so spiritual and religious when it comes to, the having the child or if they got pregnant, like I can't get my, I can't. And I'm not saying that they should, you know, abort or do anything that they don't feel good or comfortable with. Yeah. I've never been in those experiences. But what I will say is that it's ironic for you to be religious when it comes to that, but then you could curse your baby out and call him a bitch. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. It was good to have you here, okay. D King. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, you can tell them get that get that little dirty dumbass up, but I, you but you didn't okay. I I, hear you. I don't understand. I hear you. I'm just trying to understand it all. Okay, because look, T G over there being apprehensive about the like. Okay, so it's uh, it's okay. Uh, it's like about pro pro choice or pro life or it was you know. But anyways, um, damn, I lost my train of thought. I'm pro whatever, I mean, whatever the, you want to do. Just just pro pro child for mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm. Far as pro learning, pro uh, speaking positivity into children, um, pro dignity, you know, pro dignity. I am pro, pro dignity. respect. Yeah, because definitely. a lot of pro people love. Have, like, where's the pro love? love. Yes, that's the overall. That. That's arching. the big. The biggest love thing is that I know parents have love for their kids and they love them, but show that. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that showing love is not being. Rude and that negative. I think yeah. some of them it comes just, with mistakes, but damn. Yeah, I think some of them just really have to realize that they need some sort of lines of therapy. They need some like some positive outlet of someone to speak to them to let them know because a lot of times they they want to feel love, but they don't even really know what that looked like because a lot of times it wasn't shown to them in a proper way. And that's so then they grow up and they have children and they they, they want to love them. They want for them to to grow Mm -hmm. up and be great people, but they just don't know how. And then, and so when they, by the time they figure it out, the kid have already, you know, blossomed into their personality and the way that they're going to be in this, in this world. Mm. So it's, it's a little bit difficult. And then when I, to, to speak to the point where you were saying that, like, it's like a, a class issue as far as like the, you know, the upper middle, you know, higher or whatever class. But um, growing up, I didn't know until I got much older that we was on a lo- more of a, like the lower class far as like uh, <laughs> resources, resources and what we have. My mom, she was a single parent with me and my brother and, she, I mean, she struggled. She mm. struggled. She had, you know, minimum wage jobs. She tried to, you know, do other jobs to try to make ends meet. And just because she was struggling and it was hard. I mean, she even tell us now, like, man, it was it was really hard. She didn't have a lot of help or people helping her with my brother and I. But my mom, I don't, I can never, ever remember a day to where my mom spoke damaging language to my brother and I. She would get upset she she would just she we would just have to leave her sight right when she get upset yeah hey, oh so y'all bickering y'all arguing y'all know how to act just you, you must be tired go mm-hmm. to bed mm-hmm. she would tell us to go to bed so yeah. that that 
that kind of like ends her frustration by getting us out of her sight because she didn't want to anything that she was going through in that day. She didn't want to push that off on her. Right. I mean, on on us. And right. then some shit that we was responsible for and we was doing, but she didn't say, "Hey, shut the fuck up or sit right. your dumb ass down or shut." Yeah. Hey, little bitch, get your ass. Like she didn't no. talk to us like that. But okay. I know a lot of people they get it from their parents. My mom was very respectful. I remember one day, funny small story. I was about seven. My mom and dad was in the bed, and I caught myself looking for something under the bed with a lighter. Mm. Oh! And I set their bed on fire while they were oh. eating. Right. So, <laughs> and when it, when the flames started, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I oh didn't know what to do. I couldn't put it out. Like, "Oh my god, they're gonna die!" I don't know. So the box spring is actually what caught on fire, and I was so afraid that once my dad they got up and my dad put it out. My mom just set me on like, well, my dad set me on the dresser. My mom just talked to me. I thought I was going to like die. You know, like, <laughs> the worst whooping it. ever. Uh-huh. But, you know, when when you see the fear in someone's eyes and they're so afraid, mm-hmm. there's no reason to say like, you know, curse them out or do anything mm-hmm. that would be even more damaging. Because mm-hmm. that situation alone, if I could still remember it to this day, yeah. I mean, it, it was traumatic. Right. Yeah. So my mom always said to us that, the reason that, like, she was never disrespectful or said certain things, because she used to see her uh, aunts and different people do that, mm-hmm. where they talk to their children, or her, you know, her grandma, her mother's sisters, and you know, and they and they would call their kids bitches and come here, you little motherfucker, and all that. Mm-hmm. And she never wanted that for her kids. She didn't ever understand it. Mm-hmm. And I think that just even she had to have that understanding, though. She had to have that. Realization that no, I don't want to do that. My mama also had good support and resources, you know, as we were growing up, you know, my dad being there, his mom, my grandmother, my grandfather, like a lot of enough people that she was able to like live a full life where she she would go out, have a great time. She wasn't so stressed as I think these parents are today. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. they may need to sometimes, and this is not to bash any single mother or or sometimes, um, Get to know the person you're with. Get get to know how long they're going to stay around. Get to know the dynamics of your life mm-hmm. and really live before you start having kids that's, that's going to now shape your life to be more stressful. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Maybe, you know, keep, or, or even after the first, you know, run out, you know, it didn't work out, like kind of, mm-hmm. you know, monitor it, monitor your, your, your kid having after that. You know, mistakes happen. I got it. Mm-hmm. But, but if we could just keep a, Keep a handle on it. But I mean, even if that does happen, even if you are young and you're having kids, or even if you can't really afford um, the kids that you're having and you get stressed, but you still have to figure out, like, it's not the kid's fault. You still have to monitor yeah. that stress and just right. make just make do. Yeah. But don't mess up your kids in the process. Right. Whether you was ready for them or you wasn't ready for them or that person was around and they left or that person was never around and you had another kid by somebody else and they disappeared. You, you, if you left there at the end of the day, don't make those children pay for your mistakes or right. for the bad decisions that you made, far as picking a person that was supposed to be there to help you with these children. Right? Don't fuck right. up their life because you feel like your life fucked up. That's right. just the bottom line. And on that note, <laughs> thanks, D King, for coming <laughs> for coming through and being with us. Uh, thanks, amazing man. insight. I really appreciate it. If you feel like you know. Maybe, like, no, nah, I'm going to raise my kids. I'm going to raise my kids. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Tweet us, 
uh, at us. I would like to know how you feel. Uh, in- inbox too. us if yeah. you know if you feel like you know y'all write kids are people too. Um, we you know because we are smart society now, so we read a lot. So if you researched and you <laughs> saw an article that that dealt with this, let me know. Tweet us, Instagram us. Let us know how you feel. Tanisha B, how can they go through and reach us? Hey, battles! You can reach us at Combat Divas Podcast on Instagram as well as YouTube. Combat Divas Pod One on our Twitter account. Combat Divas Podcast at Gmail dot com. Combat Divas podcast on our Facebook page. We'll see you all there. Bye. Combat Divas Stomp your left, right, left Combat Divas hey.